better late than never. Welcome to another episode of the Chronicles of Beer. It's been a while. We've been too busy with pubs open and people have been able to go away a little bit. Uh, we've just not been able to get the time together to record with me, Liam, and um, uh, me, Liam, and Simon. And we've got a very special guest for this episode. Uh, Cameron McQueen from Turning Point Brewco up in Nesborough, not too far from York, joined us as we discussed the letter D. Now we just couldn't, we couldn't get it down to three beers like normal. So what we've done for this episode is had a bit of fun. We got very drunk. Uh, we drank six beers. We drank three British beers first. Uh, Don Zoko, Big Foam, uh, Turning Point Disco King, which is what Cam came on to talk about, but obviously stayed and drank the rest of the beers. Um, and the other, well, the third beer that we drank from the UK was an absolute belter, which it's just every single time I drink this beer, I just get more and more impressed. That beer, of course, is Dea, Steady Rolling Man. Uh, and then we, we put them head to head with three Belgian beers, um, Delirium, uh, Devel and oh god the other one is absolutely escaping me at the time of recording this a week and a half on uh, Delirium Devel oh and uh, De Halfman Brewery so Bruges that um, as, a, as the third beer it was a really interesting experiment actually putting uh, Britain against Belgium um, and you have to listen right through to the end to discover which one we all preferred um, we've got some great episodes coming up uh, hoping to get a few more guests on as well because we really enjoyed kind of not just having to listen to the sounds of our own voice but for now Enjoy this episode. It is the letter D. This is the Chronicles of Beer. Chronicles of Beer, episode six. We are delving into the letter D this evening, which we, anyone who listened to the last episode, apologies, it's been a little bit later. Liam's been too busy and Simon's been too busy. I've just been waiting for this episode for a while. <laughs> um, we couldn't decide on three beers, so we've doubled up. We've gone for six. So it's Belgium versus the UK tonight, and we've got our first ever guest on the podcast, Cameron from Turning Point. How are you hey. doing? 10 out of 10, as always. Yeah, yeah, very good. Good. And any, anyone listening will go, what the hell is Turning Point doing on the D episode? But anyone who knows Turning Point will know. You've only got one cold beer, let's face it, it's Disco King. And it is they will our favourite beers. It's it's the Turning Point, as of about <laughs> 15 minutes ago. <laughs> Good. Um, and we, we'll obviously get into, into Turning Point and we'll get into Disco King, probably number two. But Jen, Simon, Liam, well this week? Yep, all good. Yeah, always been watching it for a while. This one. Good. Well, yeah. um, let's let's get straight into it. What we don't want, I mean, we're doubling up on beers. We don't want to double up on time. No one wants to listen to three hours of our rambling. Let's face it. And I've got better things to do. Um, so we, we're gonna we're gonna kick off. Uh, we're, we're gonna get this poured. We, we're kicking off on Don Zoko Big Foam. I think it would be. I don't think I'd be overestimating or over exaggerating. Say Don Zoko are probably one of the best lager brewers. In the UK, we always like kicking off with a lager. Um, Cam, I'll kick off for you, mate. You obviously had Reese on your recent. You're, you're doing a collab with Reese very soon, which is public knowledge, I think. I, th- I think yes, yes, it is. Um, what, what do you love about Donzoko and, and this beer, and why did you choose them to to collab with? Um, I, I met Reese and knew Reese reasonably well before I tried any of his beer, and um, there's there's he's like such a infectiously enthusiastic guy that there's no way his beer could have been disappointing and like it's one of those things where you know where you hear a lot about a beer and you expect it to be a certain way and this and that i'd heard so much about his northern hellas and uh 
Minim had been speaking through through Twitter about Beery Bits, and we'd met at a couple of festivals and things. And yeah, just a lovely guy. Can't believe this, you know, how he does what he does as a one man band. I'm sure he has, he must have help, but uh, <laughs> he gets all around the country. Uh, his beers are fantastic. And yeah, we, we just love anybody that takes like that sort of level of care and pride over what they do. And Reese is probably one of the best examples of that. So yeah, Donald Zoko for the win. This is such a nice beer. Um, I absolutely adore this beer. I like Northern Hellers, but this is one of the best beers. I've had in a long time. Um, I've, I've drank so damn much. Are we allowed to do the sweary words on your podcast, yeah, yeah, boys? Yeah. Um, well, I'll save it for later then. But um, <laughs> I drank so much big foam over lockdown, like Reese's um, crisps and snacks and meat and cheese and whatever else, like, and a 12 pack of big foam every Friday or whatever it was. Like, game on. Such a nice beer. And like, rustic lager is quite a. Quite a bold statement, I think, as a category of beer. It, I don't think anyone looks at that for the first time and thinks, "Oh yes, a rustic lager." I know exactly what to expect, but it kind of it kind of does what it says in a weird sort of way. Yeah, big fan of all of it. Yeah, and uh, Simon, is is this a new brewery to you? Have you have you drank Don Zoko? I think I've had the Hells, but I've never had wow. big foam. So yeah, this is a new beer to me, and oh, it's it's already going down so easy, like. I think compared to the quality of the lagers we've had, you know, not dissing some of the uh, macro lagers, but um, this is just a real step above, isn't it? And like when I was looking on Untapped, I think it's got 3.87 with over a thousand ratings, which is for a lager, that's mighty impressive. And you can see why I'm tasting it now. So, yeah, really impressive stuff. Yeah, Liam. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely what everyone said. It's absolutely smashing, isn't it? It's just changed what lagers are about. It's just gone from that sort of plain, and they've just really amped it up, and it just makes it so drinkable. It's just so nice. It's, I've had these I've had these quite a lot before, the big phones and the hellers, and it's just, they're just absolutely smashing. There you go. That is about as much insight as you get on, uh, on, on the Chronicles of Beer. When you get a beer like this, I mean, yeah. you, you t- you're touching it, and the lagers we've drank over the weeks, we've had Australia, we've had... I can't even think because the Amstel, we've gone macro in terms of the, the A to Z of beer, but I think, I mean, what Reese is doing, it's oh, it's just true to type. It's got that big head. It has got a big foam, which is exactly what, what you want to drink. Um, it's in a big can. <laughs> some sort of loose coincidence. I've got another one of uh, Don Zorko's beers just at the side of me, which is um, Select Pills. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, have, you, have you seen about this beer? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, for anyone who's listening and doesn't know, this is the first time this hop has ever been used anywhere, I think, or at the very least in the UK. It's called Petit Blanc. And as far as I'm aware, it was like from, like, he knew, so he, he asked his hop supplier, and his hop supplier knew somebody who has like a little patch of land and they grow some hops, and they're like, oh, those are nice. Let's put them in a beer. And Reese has got them. It's great. Cool. Sounds like one to try. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've actually got, um, I think it's Edge of Town, it's called. I think quite an IPA they've just brought out. So obviously yeah, it'd be interesting. Delicious. Yeah, interesting to see whether, you know, up till now he's probably carved out a bit of a niche in the lager market. So it'd be interesting to see if they can break into the IPA market as well. Uh, I'm sure they will. I, th- I hate it as well when you get a brewery that's so good. And they're such nice people. Turning point, unfortunately, yeah, they're not that, obviously. Obviously, no. We're, we're joking. <laughs> not that joking. Nice, <laughs> <all that. laughs> 
But again, like you said, he's so infectious and the beer, you, you're almost, no matter what, you're willing it to be good, but you don't need to will it to be good. It is just, it is just great. Have you got, uh, do, do you know what you're going to be brewing, Maurice, yet? Or um, not? not really. I mean, ironically, as we'll probably brew something in the lager style, uh, as yeah. broad as that category is, that beer will take the longest by probably two months to make yeah. um, of the four collaborations that we're doing. But is the one that we've got the least progress on recipe wise. So <laughs> we've actually got like um, at least a collaboration a month, if not two a month before then. So we've still got like six to ten recipes to work through before we get to those ones. So um, yeah, but we've we've started floating some things around, but we haven't spoken to Reese about it yet. So yeah, really looking forward to it. It's just just one of those things like you know what we're about. We try and do a bit of both. We can do like the classy styles or we can do like ridiculous made up beer styles that force people to do a bit of a face palm the, the purists <laughs> hate us sometimes um but reese forces you to, uh, well it doesn't force you to do anything does he but um he's such a class act that his beer is really like uh sophisticated and it, it's, it's got us thinking down that line of like what can we do that's innovative but like but not gimmicky and we like that that's a nice that's a nice space to exist in yeah, no, I agree. And and yeah, Don Zoka, we could have drank the Northern Hellers, which is he would probably say is his flagship. Um, he's, he's probably right, but yeah, big big foam is great. And yeah, we're on we're on the letter D tonight. We're gonna have to stretch out somehow. I mean, we started on the biggest fucking can, so we're gonna have to stretch it out for a touch before we dive straight into this thing. But um, before we do move on, we, you know, we always start with it's been what two weeks since we've recorded. Actually, it's been a while. Have we, have we had any? Standout beers over the last fortnight that you can remember. Obviously, we've been back in pubs, which has been delightful. Pubs went open last time we recorded. It's been amazing. I've had Disco King on keg, which was an absolute delight the other week. We'll talk about Disco King. But uh, Simon, any standouts for you the last fortnight? And you have a couple of notable mentions on beers. Yeah, I mean, um, most of the pubs around me, sadly, uh, not not so good on the craft beer. So it's mainly been cast. Um, and that side of things so I've mainly been having thing. Thing. it's not a bad thing but you know it depends what the cask is and uh, as I've discussed on the podcast before unfortunately I'm not blessed with great uh, pubs around me but um, yeah in terms of the home drinking a uh, couple I've noted down um, I think I saw you have this Adam as well as the cloud water green cheek quad um, called a cheeky beer um, that obviously was pretty special although really I think when it i'm almost of the opinion when it gets that high it's, it was quite undrinkable um but in a good way so that makes sense like they definitely you wouldn't want more than one but like right. i guess if i wanted to go the opposite end of the spectrum i quite liked the i'm not going to try and pronounce this northern monk have done a berliner weiser um called i think it's lemai lemel um which is like it came out like quite a funny color but it was actually delicious i think that was only about 3.2 percent um and it was just probably the best of the universe i've had so yeah different ends of the spectrum there but they're my two shout outs this week i think liam uh well as a measure before we start recording both my shout outs this week are probably from polly's i've had two smashing beers and then one on keg which is goodbye gravity which is absolutely delightful and I had one, two, three too many when I went to the tap on Saturday night. So that was absolutely delicious. Um, and then I had an, a can of one the other day, uh, a little bit of fear, 
which was just absolutely smashing. I think it's 5.2 double dry hot pale. It was just absolutely on the money. Yeah. So down just probably to give my shout out for the last week. Yeah. Cam, do you drink anything but your own? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm increasingly so, yes. Um, so yeah, lockdown is a lot of drinking our own beer. But over the last couple of weeks, uh, my first pub trip out, um, I went to the Millowner's Arms in Sheffield and had a few pints of Abbeydale Moonshine. I just, I just really missed like session cask beers and the fact that you go back and you just get a. I was so excited to get you know the the nonic shaped cask pint glasses, yeah. you know the ones, the ones that used to be like, who's why is that there? <laughs> but now you see that with a oh, still clear pint of cask, yeah. and I'm like that is yeah, awesome. And yeah, that was that was delicious. Um, and then last weekend, uh, me and a couple of other people went to uh, the Roosters Tap Room and bathed in Yankee there and that was <laughs> decent decent weather like nice beer garden weather and just really well well made cask beer you could tell every every beer we had was super fresh at Roosters and the the absolute standout the best beer I've had in in some time um was the Roosters it's their first ever barrel aged release and it was called wild 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 life Jealous. and it's uh, I've I've got a picture of it Pinot Noir barrel aged sour saison 7.4. Wow. So it's mixed firm, barrel aged, um, absolutely incredible. Just like like a oh man. <laughs> just like such a sophisticated white wine saison sour. All of those things just sound great. And it 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 said I was expecting a lot from it and it like over delivered. It was that good. But nice. um, they didn't have it on, on draft, so we bought a few bottles and they're in like Really nice, well put together, three seven five mil. Um, I think they were like caged, like lidded or, um, but yeah, like slightly different branding than what they usually do. Just again, just super super nice beer, and good good to see like roosters even even only been at that site for just over a year year and a half, and they're already releasing barrel aged stuff. It's just like right. I love them. I think for me, as I walk down my McDonald's, apologies for anyone who can hear me eating. Um, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to note on on particular beers, but I think two two tap room visits for me. I went to Amity for the first time um, the week before last, and honestly, what the, the guys set up out there in Farsley is quality. The beers were drinking amazing for a, for a pretty brand new brewery. Let's face it, food blew me away I mean I, I go to tap rooms for food nowadays so the beer it's all about the food but uh, Amity's food was awesome but uh, Russ and what Russ has done out there is great uh, and I finally got to Springwell at the weekend and absolutely loved it like what you know that that place is quality the, the setup you almost can't quite believe that it's North Brew if you've, if you've been with North Brew Co for the last 10 years you, you kind of think wow, like you've got this amazing, massive space. Again, food was amazing. It was all about food. Um, but to shout out a beer, it was a North Bruco barley wine, which we finished on whilst we were there. At, we, we started at 11 o'clock, obviously, um, when we got there. It was, the, it was the only slot we could get on the 10 o'clock train out of York. Uh, it finished on the barley wine, and oh, it was just lovely. Absolute delight. So it's just great to be back out and drinking. And uh, Obviously, can't wait for your place to open. Can't. I think we're booked in on the twenty first, which is good. Oh, nice. <laughs> that, that's day one, isn't it? 
It's day one, and it's right Hold after. I, it's it's right after I record with. I've got a podcast that day. Uh, oh, that's when I'm with track. So I will have done a track podcast on that day, and I'll be coming straight over. So no pressure on the beers. To tremendous. <laughs> oh, we'll, we we will have a really nice lineup of stuff. We're like super busy brewing at the minute, and just trying trying to get some some different styles in and bring back some classics that we've all had like a year off from. So yeah, no, there's a, there's a lot to be excited about at our tap room. I must say, like even even though I probably won't be going to work at it as much as I did last year, um, I will probably be there as often as I can be because I'm really excited about some of the beers we've got coming out. Good. Well, talking about classics and talking about turning point, I think it's time to crack open being number two, gents. I know you're a big thumb left, but we've got got places to be and people don't want to listen to this and I don't really want to edit it let's face it so we're, we're gonna we're gonna, we're gonna crack on and have a this disco king and I, if you don't mind I'll kick off because I, I remembered my first pint of disco king I think I talked to you about it, Cam when we recorded on on the other podcast that we don't mention on this podcast obviously um we might be mentioning it now and again or I mention it now and again but it rivals with yourself apparently yeah <laughs> apparently so um <laughs> But I, you know, Volunteer Arms in York is where I had my first pint of Disco King and uh, I, I always used to drink uh, Farmer's Blonde in there because it's a great pint of cask and it's a great beer. And then for, I just didn't fancy it one night and I said, oh, what else you got? That's hoppy. Went for this. And I, I won't call it an epiphany beer in the same way Yankee was my epiphany beer a long time ago, but it was my probably epiphany keg beer in that I went, shit, there's flavour in this. There's some serious flavour behind this beer. And since then, wherever it is, whether it's at the tap, and I know you guys have it on quite a bit, Liam, um, obviously in, in can, it's great. It's just a beer that I keep coming back to, and it's about, for me, as good as you get in the whole of Yorkshire, as, as far as a, as a pale ale goes. Um, I'm going I'm to come to you last, Cam, because Simon, have you had this beer before? Yeah, well, funnily enough, I, I remember my first Disco King as well, and it was also in York, which I can't mention last podcast, it was in the shambles tavern actually um i always remember because yeah the barmaids in there they like hang the cans on the glass which is to me that was a new thing where so you just got a perfect picture that i'm tapped just with the glass hanging off the the can hanging off the side of the glass so yeah um really delicious but i don't think i've had it since then so i'm looking forward to trying oh wonderful that's nice yeah so it's probably the second time i've had it so yeah looking forward to it Liam, you must have sank a few pints of this. No, oh, I've had far too many disco kings, but I'm not complaining. Um, as you like you said, like your epiphany beer, disco king was my epiphany beer. Before I even moved up to York, I had the, I came up to York about three years ago, and went to the Eagle and Child, and they had it on keg there, and that was sort of my first time. So I was getting sort of, sort of never really sort of going to craft beer, so I'll give it a go, and it was just like that's it. It changed after that, oh, and then yes. That was my, that was my Dicko King has been my epiphany beer and it's just yeah like you said I've I drank so much of it and it's it just never gets never gets boring it's always delicious. We can put the scripts down now and uh, we'll, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Adam, how did we do? <laughs> so we, we 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 didn't talk about this beer. I don't think Cam when we spoke. So I, I, what is the story behind this bloody beer and oh, how it just, came to be? Just before I tell you the story about that beer, if scripted or not, chaps, whatever you've done, you've done a really good job. I was almost in tears then. That's uh, <laughs> that's like honestly, guys, that's like that's like the sort of that's the sort of shit we get. You know, that's that's what gets me up in the morning, hoping that people say things like that. So yeah, really appreciate that. It's uh, 
I just I just think back to like my um, gateway beers and like the things that like you know like a bit of a pivotal moment from like oh well I'm not this isn't at, like the top of the taste spectrum this is like a, a door through to a whole other world like hmm. that I'm, the, the beers that for me do that like have all kind of gone to shit and it really annoys me <laughs> um, like I don't even have to you know which three I'm talking about uh, <laughs> um, but like yeah no this this was this so back back in 2017 when we sort of conceived the idea or 2016 maybe good god when someone tell me when we started a brewery god god 2017 when we started like um toying with the idea of what beers to make um we wanted our like big beer our our you know our flagship if you will and we wanted our sort of flagship pale ale to be more than 4.5%. And that was like, that was like one of the first concepts we came up with, really. And um, yeah, that was sort of like a little bit borrowed from homebrew recipes, uh, but like all, all the nice hops, Citra, not Citra, there's no Citra in this beer. There's never been Citra. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, it's uh, Simcoe, Chinook, Mosaic. And there was some summit in there for a time, but we ditched that. Um, uh, it's just a beer that's evolved with the brewery, and it's like it's, it's sort of gradually changed. Like every batch is marginally different from the last. Um, we've tweaked it quite a bit since we moved sites, but like we just we wanted a beer that was like our beer, and like the the beer that we open when we get back from work on a Friday night, um, the beer that we enjoy drinking when we go and do our meet the brewer events, and like. The, you know, a, a conversational beer that's delicious to drink, but not forgettable. Um, but like it's the sort of thing that you keep coming back for, and it isn't. It's worth talking about. It's not just like some alcohol in beer form. Like we want it to be tasty, and but also simple and not too like um, intelligent or you know what I mean. Not too sophisticated. So it's like a thinking beer. It's just a, a pint, but a delicious pint. And yeah, it's been it's been years in the making, and we, I think we're at a really good spot with it. Um, the current, like, just to give you some complete transparency, because that's that's how we do. Like, we're still sort of tweaking it a little bit because, um, like, our kit that we've got now compared to our kit two years ago just has a habit of making our beer that we kind of want to be hazy, like a little bit more clear than we'd like. Kind of like it to be a little bit, a little bit murkier than that, not too much more. Um, but the pro- that's that's such an annoying thing to say because it's not really a problem. It's like. Um, that's, that's, that's us making beer well. What we're saying is we'd like to make the beer slightly less well so it looks a different way and tastes a little bit filthy. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit too clean. We've done it too well. Um, <laughs> so it's a good problem to have, but like we're always sort of tinkering with it. We never rest like on our laurels and go like, oh, yeah, this is the recipe. Follow the recipe. Try every batch in the can, in the tank, in the pubs, and we constantly think about it and lose sleep over it. So it's one of those things. And yeah, that's, that's, that's one of my favorite beers. So it's like, that's mission accomplished as far as I'm concerned. It's like, and you know, the fact that you guys like it as well, and clearly so many people, especially in York do as well, which is, yeah, it's, what it's my, yeah. What, um, what percentage of your output is this in a, in a year? So hard to really gauge it because in, before we moved to Nairsborough, we were limited to how much Disco King we could make by virtue of like the amount of fermenters we had that were able to take this amount of dry hop in the tank. So 
we could only make a certain amount at our old site. And at our, at our new place, we've only had one month, one proper month of like the world being open. And <laughs> so, so like Disco King's primarily a draft beer. So yeah, we haven't really got any data for that, but <laughs> I think I think it's about like one in eight of the brews we've done so far. Um, yeah. But bearing in mind that last year we maybe made it two or three times, where normally we would have made it probably twenty times. Mm. So yeah, the, the the COVID year has definitely brought down the average. But we're already like at a point now where we've got Disco King in the tank, about to be canned, about to be packaged. Yeah. We'll we'll probably have times over the next couple of months where we've got Disco King is in like half of the fermenters that we've got. Yeah. So I'd say when we get back to our day jobs of like brewing for pubs primarily, then it's probably going to be about forty percent. Yeah, got it's it's a great beer and and not not to put hopefully any any downer on it. I actually want us to drink this side by side with Steady Rolling Man, which is probably going to cause Cam a little bit of heart. It's a bit not at all. I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> actually I'm really glad that you've said that because um, yeah. So it's... you've got the, the, ultimately for me one of the best northern pales versus one of the best southern pales. Uh, they're all lauded in a similar way. Daya obviously have a, a you'll probably say Daya have a bigger national footprint than Turning Point, but I think people talk about them in a, in a very similar way. Um, I I've really I've never tried these side by side as far as well, an APA. Neither have I. But this is really really interesting. When we talk about what we want Disco King to be. We quite often say, um, and don't get me wrong, I absolutely adore this beer. I've drank so much Steady Rolling Man in my in my short amount of time on this <laughs> earth and since day I began. But like, I've got it in draft. I've got it in draft. Don't say this the wrong way because I, I did preempt that with a compliment about the beer. But we say that Disco King is exactly want it to be absolutely nothing like steady rolling man and that's we often quote that beer directly as in what not to try and make it be like we don't want it to be like full-bodied we don't want it to be um like chewy on the hops we want it to have bitterness we don't want it to be a new england style so like it's so easy to chase that flavor because when you make a beer you're like oh it'd be so much better if it was just like 37 percent more intense on the hop aroma but like disco, we were like, no, let's 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 keep the balance. Let's not chase that New England style on this beer. We've done it with a few others where we've been like, oh, we could probably push this IPA to be more like Steady Rolling Man or um, one more PSI or whatever IPA it is that we're digging at the time. Um, but like Steady Rolling Man is just such a gorgeous beer. But it's yeah, I'm I'm excited to try these two side by side. I'm gonna stop waffling. I'm gonna try it. This, this will be interesting. This, this will conclude the, the British element of... I, I, I just need... So, again, Cam, you have listened to the, the podcast before, but um, I always like to one-up these two. Like, no matter what they bring to the podcast, I like to one-up. I knew you'd have cans. I knew you'd have cans, so I went to Trembling Madness about an hour ago. Yeah, I got yeah, one yeah. and a half pints of the stuff yeah, on draft. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, I hate to disappoint you, Adam, but I'm actually uh, at, in Cheltenham right now in Dea's tap room, so... Um, <laughs> yeah. actually, Floating on steady rolling man as we speak. <laughs> You're in the fermenter as we speak. <laughs> <laughs> well, bastard. No. Uh, <laughs> uh, 
And then we never heard Cam again. No, it's, it's, <laughs> yes. So, Steady Rodding Man, before we compare them absolutely side by side, obviously an absolute staple of British brewing nowadays. Um, I think most, you know, me and Liam have virtual beer tastings every other week. I think everyone compares everything that has PA in the acronym of the beer to Steady Rolling Man in, in the UK. Uh, certainly on my podcast, the the other podcast which we don't mention, that's already come up three times. Um, <laughs> it's it's still by far the most chosen ultimate bar beer for, in terms of the pale ale that goes on it. Um, what are we thinking? How's it drinking now? Now you've now we've had for you know, for me, Donzoko, one of the best lager brewers. Turning Point, one of the best you know, northern brewers of, of of a number of styles. But that American pale is great. How's how's the Steady Rolling Man holding up, Liam? It's, it's class isn't it it's just so it's just awesome like when when I started sort of working at the tap uh, this is before this is just when I sort of started getting into my craft beer and all I heard from as soon as I started wo- uh, working there was steady rolling mass steady rolling mass all I ever heard about and I've never this, this before I even tried it and it's all anyone ever talked about well Jimmy we have to get on the tap we have to get this we have to, we have to get more steady rolling man on keg and I, I understand. I understand the hype, and I understand like it's just a credible pale. And like you said, it's it's the peak of British pale ales, isn't it? It's just up there with one of the best, I think. Um, it's just so easy drinking. It's just what you want from a pale ale. I really, it's just so good. Yeah. Simon. Yeah, agreed. I think. I mean, the story of Daya and many ways i think it's quite similar to don's oak i think it's mainly i think it's theo down there isn't it who's almost single-handedly sort of started that brewery obviously got a team behind him now but it's still like a pretty small operation for the amount of beers that they're churning out and the quality of them um but i think like bringing it back to the comparison (laughs) this isn't just because cans here but i'm thinking if i was actually going to drink pints I'd prefer to have the disco king. I think the steady roll it man just has a bit more like I, I enjoy a can of steady roll it man, but could I sing SRM after SRM? I don't actually know. Whereas disco king is much easier. I think. Simon, I think we're going to have to offer you a job yeah. because you've pretty much, <laughs> you've just described um, yeah. what we say over and over again, which is well, kind, kind of what I hit to before, which is it's, it's absolutely awesome, but like at, at that ABV, I want I want pints, I want seven yeah. pints, and like so like the the beer is in and of itself is delicious, but I want I like at that at that body and like there's a creaminess to it and like an intensity to the beer, three cans and that would be a perfectly acceptable evening, yeah. But like yeah three yeah but I love I love <laughs> it's a completely different point but. 500 mil cans for beers like this is just ridiculous. I love it so much. <laughs> um, so, I, it, I think it's a really good point. And Liam, you, you, I don't know if you drank it at the weekend, but um, you know, Camelo, Steve, and the guys at Crooked Brewing as well. Like, so they, they've just put out the green again on keg, which you know Nelson Silva and smashed. Which I like it. I, I think it's a good beer. And what, what's the ABV? Is it four something? Four two? Four? Four? Yeah, it's four two. Yeah. It drinks like a five six percent. Mm. I get like if I'm going to drink something for two, I want mm. to be able to drink ten pints of it, not feel like overwhelmed after four or five, like the amount of flavour that's in it. Exactly the same with steady, and I think normally I drink it and I go, oh, I can drink pints like that. When you actually compare it to a five percent disco king, which is only a point two off it, 
think fucking hell, actually, there's, there's there's a lot behind Steady Rolling, man. Like there is a serious amount of flavour behind it. But um, oh, what a beer! And Daya, yeah, we're obviously the, the the episode is D. If if we're talking about Daya as a brewery, they're not bad, are they? They're not bad. Um. <laughs> You're right. I'm just I think they might be onto something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the new boys so, on the block. Yeah. As far as the comparison goes, and obviously Cam Cam is here, but just for the sake of it, imagine Theo was open day. Um, <laughs> which which would you rather drink of the three? Yeah, we're we're putting UK versus Belgian in a minute, but we've had Donzoko quality lager. Turning point, Disco King. They are steady rolling, man. How are you, how are you ordering the first three that we've had tonight? Uh, Simon? That, like, going back to what I said before, it sort of depends, like, how many pints I want. Like, I'm not a massive... As regular listeners will know, I'm, I'm not a massive lager fan. As good as the Don Zoko is, that would be my third, just because style. Yeah, I mean, if I was having one of each, it would be... The Disco King in second and the Steady at the top. Um, but if I was going to go out and have a sesh, then it would be Disco King number one. Nice. Okay. Very diplomatic, Simon. <laughs> <laughs> Liam? Yeah, I'd... Kind of similar. If I was just to go out and want to have a good few drinks from some of this on the keg, I'd go, I'd have, I want Disco King on there, then I'd have Dare, then I'd go Don Zoko, I think. But it's difficult, like you said, it's difficult to sort of choose between the three because they're all three outstanding beers. And in their own right, you'd pick those over anything on any different day. Um, So, but that would be my preference, yeah. I agree. I'm not, I'm not going to ask Cam to, to choose. <laughs> I'm glad you've asked me, Adam, because I've actually thought about it while these guys have been talking. So, uh... Yeah, yeah Don Zoko, then turning point last. Like a defensive parent and a parent's evening, I'm going to put Disco King at top no matter what. So, uh, uh, no, like, like I said, that's that's the beer that we've spent the last four years like toiling over. If it wasn't my top pick, then I've done a shit job. So, um, Disco King is like, you know, it's kind of built around what I wanted to drink like. So I would be a madman to have not said that one top. But but also, like, beers that excite me, um, Day of Steady Rolling Man is one that I keep coming back to. Donzoko, Big Foam. Again, like, I couldn't have picked it up more, could I? It's like, um, for me, the pinnacle of, like, modern craft brewing meets tradition meets small scale awesome everything about it so i'm um, yeah if i had to pick out of those two if i could only take one on the desert island i'm taking the creative big form i think nice not costing you anything is it so, no i'm joking <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah we, we 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 are going from yeah, for me, and we, we've drank a lot of beer in the last few few weeks of podcasts, but you are talking top-level British brewing, eh? Like, you, mm. we fundamentally are, and we, we're going to go very traditional for the for the second half of the podcast with three bottles of, uh, yeah, find me three more classic Belgian beers or a couple out there. But, you know, you can go in Delirium, Duval, and, and Brew Zop. But um, before we move on to that, now, for, for, you know, for my two pence, I think... Uh, Steady Rolling Man is always going to come top for me. If anyone ever listens to Time for a Brew, uh, it wouldn't be surprising that that is my pale ale that's going on the line. But I would probably put Turning Point on a miscellaneous. I'd put a second pale. I, I, I think uh, Disco King's a great beer. It's 
a stunning beer. And to be honest, Big Foam is my lager line. This is three of my top beers I've, I've ever drank. I can't believe I'm drinking them in one go. I can't believe they're, I can't believe they're my eighth, ninth, and tenth beer of the evening. So we've got a long, a long way to go tonight. Incredible. Three more very strong Belgian beers to go. Yeah. <laughs> this might be the last ever Chronicles of Beer podcast. We can't beat well. it. It may well. I'm, uh, yeah, until we get, I, I, yeah, I'm not even going to consider other letters right now. Um, <laughs> but as uh, we, you know, comes here, but we're still doing the podcast as it is. Liam, it is your your time to take us to the what? What are the top rated D's on Untapped? I want to know what the top. Uh, give us the Imperial Stouts that are sat there. This, <laughs> this this is what everyone tunes in for every week. I tell you, this is this is what everyone looks forward to. It's, yeah, so as surprise, surprise, there's quite a few Imperial Stouts in there. So, um, are they all to Bolin? No, there's actually none. <laughs> so, surprisingly, so I went by sort of world, and obviously, shockingly, they're all American. Um, so. Double Barrel Hunapus, I think I'm saying right, by Cigar, Cigar City Brewing, which is an 11.5 Imperial Stout. Based in, they're based in Florida. Uh, and then we've got Div, Divination by Side Project Brewing, which is a 15% Imperial Stout. And then DDH Ghost in the Machine by Paris Brewing. An eight, well, this is not an Imperial Stout, an 8.5% Nipah. So there you go, mixing it up a little bit. Um, yeah, I've mean, come across that one on yeah. another podcast, I think. I think it's like, I don't know if we're allowed to shout out other podcasts, but I think Triple Hot no. podcast. Uh, <laughs> apart from time for a brew. <laughs> Unless it's time for a brew, of course. But yeah, the Triple Hot podcast, I have mentioned that one before. So. Oh, yes. Has the um, podcast been infiltrated by a fucking cat in Stourbridge? <laughs> no, has it? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew gets very touchy about this. Let's move on. Um, so. <laughs> I have a few questions at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe later, Adam. <laughs> we'll get we'll get onto that later. <laughs> green duck, honestly, green talking duck. Um, anyway, like, like to be fair, last time I saw Cam was on your birthday thing, and then we were right in that heat of this fucking World Cup thing. And if you'd have told me at that point, green duck, we're going to win, Jesus Christ, I, I would have taken that bet in a, in a fucking heartbeat. But fucking cat. <laughs> I, did, I didn't see the forgive me if this is not the, the direction you want the podcast to go in Adam, but um i didn't see the origins of the cat bit i just saw that there were like five thousand votes and that green duck were beating siren and i was like yeah. this is wild i'm excited about it <laughs> in in short because again there is a cat that lives in stourbridge station that apparently loves green duck brewery and he has twenty thousand yeah. followers so. Oh, that is good for them. <laughs> oh, it was outstanding. Really I, I think it was the biggest like um, online upset since maybe Boatman Boatface. <laughs> there was that, but also Pilot beating Siren last year probably matched that as well. Pilot were fuckers, like, but anyway, anyway, uh, what were we actually talking about? Untapped, good. Yeah, British beers, good. Happy with all three of them. Uh, we will continue to nurse them through the evening, uh, and we'll. we'll it's time to move into Belgium, I think. We're 45 minutes. Is that, is that the case? Should I not have just downed all these beers? <laughs> oh, no, that's fine. You, you get, you get I'm rid glad, of uh, I'm glad my dad's just coming to take away half of my cans. <laughs> I'm in a fortunate position compared to you guys. I'm sharing mine 50 I've got like 
a bit of Disco <laughs> King left and a bit of Steady left. But, yeah, uh, same here. <laughs> I've got a little bit. Of me. I, 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 I would normally <laughs> share cans, but um, but yeah, I'm not going to go into any detail. <laughs> yes. of why my girlfriend isn't here. Okay, so let's move on to the beers, shall right, we? we get let's else. move we on to the beers. Two touchy subjects tonight already, though. Uh, a couple of touchy <laughs> subjects. <laughs> what we get next? We doing we doing Zot first. Bruce Zot first. Yeah. Uh, Lovely. I think I've got a bottle opener here. I actually came prepared this time with my bottle opener. I thought I had one up here. It's just your excuse to pull out your whole 3D printed bottle opener you could like to show off every episode. <laughs> I always forget it's a bottle opener. I oh, always forget there it is. It's again, there. there it is. I always forget. <laughs> there I'm it looking is. around for a full on like bottle thing and that's always sat there. I love the fact that I brought draft steady well in to the table. I honestly, I'm so pissed. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> Because you're in walking distance, I'm fucking live like eight miles away. I can't fucking just walk to madness and get a fucking growler or a steady roller, man. So I'm tired of drinking a fucking can. If, if, if it would have had draft brew shot as well, I'd have got it because I know they sometimes do, but uh, I'd set up a lot. I had to get my Devel from uh, Asda. I couldn't find it anywhere. Yeah, I got mine from Tesco, so I couldn't find it anywhere else. Luckily, some, some lovely human from Turning Point has dropped me a can off on my doorstep this evening, so I don't know who did it, but thank you to them. Uh, <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't me, but uh, yeah. You're um, welcome. Did I get two cans out of Yeah, I did get two cans. Yeah, oh, good. I, two cans. <laughs> so I, I appreciate that because I couldn't find it anywhere. Uh, That's good. I couldn't actually get um, normal Devel. I don't know what the real difference is, but I got this sub Ooh, 6.6. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's nice. Yeah, uh, that's but nice. I... I, I I know enough about Devel to like probably pretend in my mind what I'm what I'm drinking. <laughs> well, from from the UK, we are being transported to Belgium, um, and we, we anyone again who's listened before, all four of you will know that uh, Liam is a massive Belgian beer drinking fan. Uh, so we'll probably kick off with you, Matt, and uh, we're not necessarily talk about Brujot straight away, but what the Belgian beers mean to you and and you're drinking and how you've come to be where you are because of Belgian beers. It's about to get real romantic in here. Um, yeah. so, so, so I I used to live in Belgium for a little bit and that's where sort of my love of Belgian beer started. So I just sort of fell in love with just everything about it. And I went to the De Havman Brewery. If anyone's asking why you're drinking Brujot on a D episode, it is because it's De Havman. And I'm just sort of getting all the, the haters and the critics out there. Um, so, but I went to the brewery there and it's, it's sensational and it's just when, I don't know, you mentioned on a few of the podcasts, like you're sort of, if you had a bar, what taps would you have on? Brujot is on there for me. It's one of my top beers. It's just, I absolutely love it so much. Um, it's my favorite Belgian beer. Um, it's one of my favorite all time beers. Um, I could say more about it, but I, I'm very worried that we're very limited for time the amount of beers we got to drink, so I will just stop it there. We're gonna is that the first one we're drinking, is it? Yeah, we go the go on the, the bruises off. Um yeah, so I'm I'm probably the opposite. It, it took me longer to get into Belgian beers and I've I've been out to Brussels a few times. I've been obviously been to Delirium Cafe and a few other places and it, it took me a long time just to get on with flavour, especially you know, being being from Yorkshire and knowing what cast beer is and kind of, you know, waking up in the morning, drinking a pint of salt air blonde, maybe not in the morning, waking up in the afternoon. I'm not pissed <laughs> Um 
it's so different. And, it, and we, we all hopefully you've got a little bit of turning point and day are left, like just to compare literally the, the peak of Belgian yeah. brewing with the peak of British brewing. And uh, it's be so interesting trying side by side. But this beer, I know you had on. You went on tap not long ago, didn't you, Liam, at, 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 the, yeah. at the tap? And fucking hell. Oh, it was so good. Fucking hell. Yeah. I, I don't think it lasted the afternoon, to be honest. I think it, the whole cake put on and went in that afternoon. It was, and I think I had three or four of them and I was actually working. So it I'm, was I'm, so good. I'm, I'm hoping as we've got a guest involved in brewing that you can maybe talk us through a bit of Belgian beer and why that's so. <laughs> it comes just staring at the bottle now. I'm, I'm actually wondering... Um, I haven't tried it yet. I've tried this beer before, but not yeah. tonight. But what what style are they claiming this to be? Is it like a blonde <laughs> or a, a, what are they what are they calling it? I was frantically checking on tapness. It's a Belgian <laughs> beer. It's a, just a Belgian beer. It's, it's, it's not, that I'm, not that I require categorization for everything I drink. We make a beer called Pink Matter Custard. Try and give that a style. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but like. I don't know. To, to me, it, like, it, it does literally say on the top, doesn't it? Belgian beer. That is it. Belgian beer. That's, That's like what it says. Yorkshire beer, isn't it? This is, this is a Yorkshire beer, but um, <laughs> but like it, it's it smells like a like a strong blonde beer slash saison. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it drinks like a less sort of acidic style saison, yeah. I guess, but like. Yeah. I'd, I'd probably say like Belgian blonde, maybe. <laughs> I don't really know. I'm a little bit, little bit out of my depth with Belgian stuff. Like, don't get me wrong, drank a lot of it, love the stuff, but I don't. I'm not well educated in Belgian beer culture or like um, history or any of it, to be honest. But like, it's just yeah. So this is Bruges up blonde. It's a blonde ale, is what it's meant to be. Blonde, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. <laughs> But it's got that it's got that edge to it. It's, it's got that, like um like well, compare a British blonde ale in cask to a Belgian blonde ale, like <laughs> quite incredible. But it's all all Belgian beers, well again, can't just say that, can you? Most Belgian beers, some Belgian beers, got that like um incredible like um floweriness to them, like such a hmm. such a pungent sort of like earthy musty smell it's like yeah it's just so inviting it's just like sort of spontaneously fermented bread it's just wonderful <laughs> <laughs> like re- really high high carbonation but just you can you can tell it's the kind of beer that's just been perfected over a very very long period of time yeah Yes, we normally said, Simon, we've not really come to you about history and and normally you've got some insight about the breweries and the beer that we're talking about. I mean, there's not a lot you can add on Donzo at the turning point in day, but go on, what have you got at the half? (laughs) Yeah, Uh, I'm sure the listeners are quite glad that we haven't had to do that tonight. But um, yeah, so yeah, as Cam says, over 150 years old, so not as old as some of the breweries we've had, but still been going for quite a while. I suppose the interesting thing that I guess listeners may or may not know is like this pipeline that they've had installed at their brewery um, that goes like two miles under the streets of Bruges because they were having to, they used to have to do it through like horse and cart and had to go like literally through the city. Um, In 2016, they had this pipeline installed, which is quite interesting that runs all the way under the streets of Bruges. So if you ever 
on holiday in Bruges just think of all the the beer that we're currently drinking just flowing under your feet which is pretty cool um and also just a quick shout out to the actual name um so Zot is actually full um in Belgian so I think the beer pretty much translates as Bruges full which is quite nice touch as well so hence why we've got a like a little jester on the label I actually just remembered that I've been there <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, and I was reminded of that because um, it translates as the half moon, which is mm-hmm. um, yeah. twinned almost in a way with a wonderful cask Yorkshire producer called Half Moon Brewery. In uh, <laughs> where are they based? Where's Half Moon? It's like South South York, Elvington sort of way. Yeah, it's um, awesome. yeah, it's um, And yeah, Tony from Half Moon is. If you've not had him on a podcast, I don't think he does that sort of thing very often, but you should endeavour to do so because the most entertaining man you'll ever meet in your entire life. Um, he's absolutely hilarious. Um, but yeah, Half Moon meets Half Moon. I think he went out there and was like, oh yeah, I'll have a pint of your Blondale, please. Like, <laughs> uh, I think he was surprised with what you got. But yeah, uh, <laughs> delicious really nice but yeah the, the the story of the the pipework running under under the town and all the rest of that is yeah that's absolutely true and you can sort of see the infrastructure of it and yeah. it's damn cool uh, it's great beer we'll, we'll keep drinking that we are we are on the letter d we, you're going to take us around the world in a minute but, but uh, I've, not, I've not really drawn I, I forgot it was the letter d and i want to mention the word the darkness um, and Cam will know exactly what I'm talking about as soon as I say the darkness <laughs> uh, with, <laughs> with Siren's uh, lip sync <laughs> I hadn't expected you to mention this no I, I, I've not made the connection until I thought we're doing the letter D and I call the darkness and suddenly we're uh, what the hell <laughs> is that a question what yeah. the hell yeah. well I'll tell you what the hell <laughs> what is uh, the hell it was brilliant oh. it was brilliant <laughs> Oh, S- Siren! Siren messaged uh, messaged on Twitter and said, "Well, in fact, it was Ian from Wild Weather Brewery tagged us, challenging me directly to a, a lip sync battle, and uh, yeah, I, I had the weekend to do it. <laughs> I had a full day aside. I woke up slightly like hungover on a Sunday and was like, oh, fuck it, let's today is the day we make a music video." <laughs> It started off as like, oh, I'll do one take. I'll do an air guitar thing. And before you know it, I was like four hours deep in Adobe Premiere. <laughs> and I was like, I rang my mate and was like, oh, because I know we go out with a friend, we you know, go for a walk around the park with him and his dog on a Sunday. I was like, do you mind if you don't bring the dog and I bring my camera? <laughs> and yeah, that was that was a lot of fun. Um, don't link to the video in your podcast description. Oh, we were. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, it's it one of those things. Like that, Sarah messaged us and like, oh yeah, do it now. And then I did it on my own in my house. And then I watched all the other ones, and they were all like interactive brewery things. And I felt like a total dickhead. Except, um, except Ian's. It was just you and Ian who were like clearly. Yeah, the, like, the ego maniacs amongst yeah. them like, do like solo project music videos. Ian, Ian like, in a bath singing a thousand miles like oh brilliant well, that, yeah no they messaged at a time that I was still pretty much working from home so it was like it was uh, it was always going to be a one man show but the good thing about that project is it's led to me having the idea if we do 
an annual Turning Point Christmas music video. Don't <laughs> 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 need much imagination to figure out which Christmas song we're going to start with based on us being fans of the darkness. So um, last year, our well, the year before last, our Christmas do was to go and watch the darkness at the Barbican in York. Oh, brilliant. Nice. It was brilliant. What a night. Oh, you went? Oh, incredible. I did, yeah. Good. I, I say what a night. I don't remember masses of it, but I, I, it was. I remember it being great. I remember it being absolutely. I'd spent. I think I must spent four hours in the Phoenix before over the road drinking landlord, like getting very drunk, uh, being very happy. But it was good. I think game. Phoenix like a disco king, you know. Every once in a while. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. they've only ever read it on cast, but they they seem to. Every once in a while, they'll just ring up and be like, "Oh yeah, give us three barrels of it," and then the next week, <laughs> oh, give us four. And then we don't hear from him for a little bit. And then, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nice place. So great pub. That's good news. Yeah. Well, I'm, glad, I'm glad I brought that up. It was just a little, yeah. little a spontaneous thing that I remember on the letter D. Just <laughs> <hit> the <darkness>. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, God, it's nine o'clock. Go on, Simon. Right. So every every, every yeah. week, if you've not listened yeah. before and you're just tuning in because of Canterbury, so uh, Simon takes us around the world to a country beginning with the letter D, I always look forward to where you're taking us. It was a little bit less interesting last time out because we went to Yemen, who can't drink. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, so, well, obvious choice was Denmark, but that's too easy. It's too easy. So we're going to the Dominican Republic uh, on holiday this week, guys. Um, Yeah, so as, as with most caribbean countries fairly dominated by the lager market um so el El presidente is their main beer um named in honor of course of the famous dominican president rafael fujilo (laughs) from 1935 um it it was actually surprisingly it was launched as a dark beer originally um and then quickly transformed itself into a pilsner somehow (laughs) Um, not quite sure how that happened but um and that's how it stays t- today so um yeah just having a look at a few few craft beer breweries popping up um so a couple of names maybe to watch out for um or maybe not as the case may be but republica brewing and gam brewery um both term themselves as craft beers uh and they've brewed a honey beer um one of them and also an american brown so they're getting there but as usual when you go on to untap they've had about 10 check-ins each so i i think it's fair to say the craft beer market is maybe not quite taking off in the dominican republic the same way as it is here but um good luck to them um and awesome. yeah there you well, go <laughs> just just to give a, the, a brewer's perspective if if i may be so bold on those sorts of countries making <laughs> craft beer like where the fucking hell are they getting their ingredients from oh, no. like we've got you know in, in the uk like if we if you want to buy um 10 tons of grain to make a few like commercial sized batches of beer we got like five or six good suppliers to choose from and like we live in the country that is the the barley capital of the entire world we export all of our barley but well, a lot of our like malted barley to america because they just think it's so much better and yet it's not the easiest thing to get hold of all the time and like there aren't that many suppliers if you brew in mainland europe You've got to get it from the UK or kind of, I don't know, but like how? How like what are the <laughs> when are the when are the ships coming into the Dominican Republic? <laughs> Alex, Alex, <laughs> extra pale malt, the odd bag of crystal, 
and carrot and rice <laughs> and meat. Like the fact that they're brewing beer at all is like it's a miracle. Like the, <laughs> like the logistics of planet Earth do not you know like they can't bring up um Nick at Simply Hops and go give me five kilos of stratum. <laughs> like <laughs> like it's it's mad, isn't it? It's like what a world. Yeah. Maybe that explains why they've only had ten check-ins. They only do one brew every yeah, you know what I mean, though, right? Maybe like, they just wait for it. <laughs> <laughs> like there's such a like you know, logistics is such a difficult enemy of like beer sometimes. You know, like if if the the malt harvest is poor, or if like there's a hop shortage because of bad crop, or um, that we can't get yeast because too many people voted for Brexit, then like. <laughs> I'll, I'll leave it at that. Um, <laughs> then even in the UK, we get affected by those things. Like, imagine if you're like, your entire business on a Caribbean island was dependent on three or four drops of ingredients a year. That's like I just love the idea of like the head brewer at Gam Brewery just sitting on the beach waiting for a ship to arrive. <laughs> He's been camping out for six months waiting for this barley to arrive. Good, you know, maybe, maybe the I of the sun. The barley's <laughs> coming this week, guys. <laughs> it, got, it got stuck in the Suez Canal problem. Maybe I underestimate the, uh, maybe I underestimate, like, the shipping connections of the Caribbean, but like, um, <laughs> I just I just can't see like how that's feasible. Like, a friend of mine uh, is based in the UK now, but he ran a brewery in Istanbul in Turkey for a while, and um, they had to like. <laughs> they had to put in a lot of work just to be able to get the base ingredients and that's effectively main, mainland Europe so like yeah shit crazy <laughs> crazy well there you go I mean I was just a bit of one you didn't go for Djibouti to be honest I was looking forward to <laughs> what the beer culture was like there so I was expecting Democratic Republic of Congo to uh, be Everyone knows about that. This yeah, is boring. I, mean, I did research all these countries and it just, for me, Dominican Republic, I think was the only one that had even one craft brewery on, on the island. It's just one bloke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one expat. From, it's, yeah. yeah, exactly. He's, he's one bloke who used to work for Simply Hops and he's managed to get out there. He gets to get on to again. Uh, right, Devel, Duval, guys, it's, it's time to move on to the absolute... Uh, and I, I've never read the perfect pour on the back of it. Yeah, I just read that. Um, isn't it like the, the glass is the shape, the opposite shape of the bottle? Yeah, you like yeah. invert it. That's such a difficult thing to do. <laughs> yeah, I, it. I absolutely fucked it. Yeah, mine too. Never noticed that before, though. Also, I don't want to grim anyone. My, my foot has just started seriously bleeding. Like, I'm, I think I'm bleeding out. Like, it's, I don't know what's happening. Like, I'm in agony. Um, you sure you didn't just spill your McFlurry? <laughs> I didn't get a McClurry. I'm not that fat a bastard. I only had two wraps, two burgers, and four chips. I'm not a, I'm not, I'm not a fat four, bastard. Four chips. <laughs> yeah. Just the four chips. No, we only do small, medium, and large. Not just the four chips. Four individual chips. Four, me, four medium chips is what we had. Are you, are you all right, Adam? Are you, are you safe? Well, my problem is, right, KFC gives you four chips in the bargain bucket, so I want that from Mackey's when I get a Mackey's. Um, yeah, sod him. Anyway, Devel, we're not talking about Isn't my it? bad diet. Um, <laughs> you're bleeding foot, all right? Yeah, uh, that's, 
Yeah. It's hurting, but uh, that's why we're moving on to the strong stuff. Isn't it? I don't want this podcast to go out and people listening think that we didn't care that you just said you were <laughs> let you die on it. <laughs> you said it. You, yes. You've said enough, and they're like, "Oh well, they did that bit. They asked. It's fine. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. are. That's <laughs> <it's laughs> We can't be held accountable. Assignment, <laughs> but I, I at least. If if I start glazing over anytime soon, like just just it's all right, it's fine. Text me. Yeah, well, no one does. Uh, we've all drank this a million and one times. I'm sure the fact that we can pick it up in Asda and, and all this kind of stuff, it still makes it, doesn't make it a bad beer, makes it a great beer. Um, slow brewed to perfection, as they would say. Experiences of drinking divergence, positive, negative? Uh, for me, it's a, it's a beer that I know I can get in something somewhere like the Slug and Lettuce. So I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm always happy to see it. <laughs> it's, I actually find it quite a challenging drink. Um, I know, I know it's widely available, but it's uh, it's it's a, it's quite an intense set of flavours. It's actually quite an intimidating beer to drink a lot of. Yeah, compared, compared to an, I, I was, I don't, I don't know why I do, but certainly when I was growing up in beer, I always compared developed a vedette and vedette's obviously so easy drinking and they yeah. look so similar and when as a kid oh, as an 18 year old drink responsibly and all that stuff guys um <laughs> when you get the wrong one accidentally as a young and you're like oh fuck <laughs> like, that's the end that's the end <laughs> liam yeah um yeah i'm gonna rom- romanticize about belgium playing for another 30 seconds if you don't mind gents um so yeah i love Duvel. i think it's great i always find it deceptively drinkable at eight and a half percent, it just tastes so clean and so crispy. It doesn't taste that how strong it is. And I think that's what you're on about. How you mix up Devel and the Vedette, and it could be the worst mistake you've ever made. Because if you have two or three of them, then you've probably had it. Um, but I actually, I love, I love Duvel. It's you. You can get it in the supermarket near, near where you used to live, and it's just on my way home from work. You pick up a couple of bottles, and that was me sorted for the night. And it's just absolutely lush. I mean, just look at it. The color. Yeah, it's pretty, isn't it? I'm gonna have to go like a bit, a bit deeper on this beer. Like, um, to me, it's the perfect example of like how uh, your perception of a beer is dominated by um, your sense of smell. Yeah, like people, you've you've heard this example before. You've heard this. I'm sure you've done this before, but. I'm not gonna ask you to do it. You don't have to, but if you wanted to play along. (laughs) Cover your nostrils and drink this beer. Like genuinely try this. Like cover you, like don't breathe out your nose. Drink it, like just drop a bit in. Sorry if your ears popped. <laughs> now try it again without that. And just be aware after you've like swallowed it, how much of that flavour comes out of your nostrils. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. <laughs> wow. You really get that's, it. Yeah. That's Jesus. Insane. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> it comes out, doesn't it? Like, like that, 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 my hardly tasted anything. That banana bubblegum thing is there. Yeah. Um, that sort of like clove thing. Like it's almost right. like it's almost like a roast turkey um, <laughs> like <laughs> spice herbiness to it. It's like Sunday roast wow. bubblegum. Oh, what a beer. Like a yeah. like a full bunch of flowers. It's just but it it just yeah, it's such a sorry, I get quite uh 
romantic <laughs> about these things, but don't worry, come me and you both, mate. But um, we'll just leave you to it, honestly. Like, yeah. I, <laughs> keep keep you know talking I mean? about Devel. I'm just going to literally wipe up the red on my foot like, okay. right now. It's quite, it's quite bad. <laughs> it's quite bad. It's just the blonde beer, like um, it's it's mad, isn't it? But it's so full of flavour, and I like the fact that you can't tell which bit is coming from the the yeast yeah. and which bit is coming from the hops and which bit is coming from the malt is yeah. a sign of a truly perfectly balanced beer and i yeah. really sound like i'm talking absolute nonsense there <laughs> but it is just a blonde beer that's like so impactful in flavor yeah yeah i mean i guess one of the surprises <laughs> is the yeast that she comes from scotland originally uh which is something that people might not know so it's the fourth generation of the more Mortgat family actually who run the Duvel Brewery. Um, and Albert back in the 1920s went on an expedition to the UK um, and actually found some yeast that he really enjoyed in Scotland and brought it back. And to this day, they're still using that strain of yeast. So a little nod to the UK. In this beer. It's not cool. Belgian. So that's quite a cool fact. But um, yeah. And I mean, this is probably the bombshell of the night, but according to Untapped, I've never checked this in. So, no, no, I mean, whether that no. means I've never had it or not, I don't know. But um, there's a high possibility this is the first chance. I'll save you there, mate. Neither have I, so. Which is man. Um, so, but yeah, enjoying it. So that's good. I, I, I think it's just great. Uh, I think it's good. I'm, I'm, I've not had the 666 yet. How is that drinking? Yeah, all, to be fair, almost um, almost identical to the eight point five. It's uh, I I don't think I've tried this beer before, but um, I immediately recognised that. I could if if you gave me a glass of that, I would know what beer it was, and I would yeah. think it was classic Deville. Um But interestingly, I just went back for a sip of um, Steady, and uh, it shows just how much character there is in the yeast in this beer. That like obviously this is there's nowhere near the hop level in a develop that there isn't a steady but like flavor wise i don't mean hop wise that is uh develop is like far and away is like there's more flavor in that than there is in any of the th uh english beers that we tried and yeah that yeast character is so well developed over such a long period of time it's just it's, it's, it's incredible it's like it's it, we just can't copy it <laughs> yeah i mean i think following on from that i think going back to it i i totally get what you mean that the hops for me the hops come through more in the english beers um and from a personal point of view that is what i prefer so i would still say that i'm going back to steady and this might chuck me off adam might chuck me off the podcast now but i'm going back to steady and i'm preferring that to the belgian beers because i love the hop aroma and the flavor and disco king like will be the same i'll go back to that and i'd pre <laughs> would prefer that to develop and bruise up personally we we, we, we talk we talk about this a lot on um i say we talk i talk about it a lot of time for brewing that like there are, there are so many British beers that we won't be drinking in 100, 120, 130 years' time, all this kind of stuff. The one-offs from Pomona Island, the one-offs from all these great breweries. Yeah. I genuinely think there is no reason we won't be drinking Steady Rolling Man in 100 years' time if they keep producing it at the consistency. Like, And that's, mm -hmm. you know, obviously the, the Belgians have a 100-year head start, the Germans have a 500-year head start on us. <laughs> there is no reason that British beer culture can't drive beers like that forward in the same way. Um, mm. In the same way, we'll, we'll be drinking Yorkshire Blonde. We'll be drinking Fuller's in, in 100 to probably. 
might be wrong and things might change and global warming might hit oh, us anyway. Just, but just to give you a statistic, like um New England beer culture has not even had a chance to get started yet. No. The hop mosaic was only commercially available from 2012. It is yeah. not even 10 years old yet. What the fuck have these hops has got in the pipeline that we've not even tried? Like hoppy beer is in its infancy, really. Like aggressively hopped beer. Yeah. At, the, at present, the, the beer that you're all enjoying, like the, the Verdant, the Dayers, the Pollies, the Pomonas. Green Duck. Uh, green, green Duck. And, oh, um, love Green Duck. Whoever, whoever else. Uh, <laughs> those sorts of beers, that is the the seed is just sprouting for that style. Like in America, it's been going for a little bit longer because they get first access to those sort of hop varieties. Um, yeah. And they're generally a little bit ahead of the curve on, on hops because that's where the hops are. But like that, that scene is just is just burgeoning as it right right now. Mm-hmm. Like as it stands, to make a hoppy beer like Steady Rolling Man or any of the like really hazy soupy IPAs you've tried in the last four years, um, you're putting green matter into into a tank and it's drinking up to a third of the beer that you produce, and that goes to waste and it's a disaster and it's a technical inefficiency. Like hop developers around the world are working on solutions to make those processes. So you're adding liquid rather than matter, so you're not wasting the liquid. Um, and you're adding like d- there's different ways of distilling the hops down before putting them in finished beer. And like we are in such an early stage of understanding how hops work in mm. beer or in liquid or in any form other than like being a plant. It's like it's it's still like a mystery. You know how like NASA don't know what dark matter or dark energy are? Like hops are still such a a random substance that we don't quite know about <laughs> in beer. So like you, you make a good point, Adam. I think in, a, in in years to come with that, these recipes will all be, I think they'll all be different. I think the process will be different. But if you would like skip 50 years ahead, I think hoppy beers will be... I'm, I'm really, I'm really, I hope I have like a good bloody long life, another hundred years of doom. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I just can't wait to see what beer is like in 50 years because oh, think about what yeah. it was like 10 years ago. Yeah. yeah. Like it's madness, but hops are just getting started. That's the exciting thing. Yeah. I, I love to hear that because <laughs> that's music to my ears. <laughs> well, they are. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I, you, you'll have seen, I'm sure you've all read. My article I recently wrote, and so the British ones that are out and about now, like there's some brilliant British hops being developed, and like some, I mean, Buxton are obviously leading the way and using them, and, and they're doing a great job at it. But there's some good flavors, and give that another ten years, who knows where we are? Give the American farms another ten years, the the, the Aussie farms, the Kiwi farms. It's yeah, it's exciting, it's wild. exciting, absolutely wild. But look at that, like the different yeah. types. Like last couple of years, you've had cryo hops. BBC hops, incognito hops. Yep. Like these were all terms that a couple of years ago we didn't know. So it didn't exist. Yeah. Like yeah. Sabro has been out for like four years. Like that's yeah. mad, isn't it? And, and the, the, these generations of hops take maybe a decade to perfect because yeah. they've got to be the they've got to be free from disease. They've got to, they've got to be like mosaic's the perfect hop. Um example. logistics wise, because per square meter of plant it has like the densest amount of of like um, cones on on the plant, so it's like they're trying to like breed. For, I, I, I don't know enough about it to be able to like talk proper sense about it, but um, 
those sorts of hops are just like they're sort of like citrus was quite controversial because it was like genetically engineered and all the rest of it but fucking hell it doesn't matter have you tasted citra it's like it's incredible no. um but it's just the no, beginning I that. like the, the i mean way that, like, like we talk about simcoe now is like a retro hop jesus christ like <laughs> citra cascade um centennial amarillo people talk about them like the vhs but these are like 10 20 year old 25 year old concepts and like a, a serious amount of work gone into them and because of those hops we've now got uh, mosaic and galaxy and strata and enigma or whatever but like yeah. it's it's just I, getting started i just love the idea that there's like hops in the tank there that we're gonna not even have heard of until five years time like 2025 there'll be hops but right now that they're, they're living uh, in we're, we're brewing a beer this summer with hopefully with Polly's if they decide that that's a, a good collaboration to do. Well, we, the, the collaboration is, is on, but whether or not this recipe is, is a good idea. But um, a, a hop that we've been offered from Yakima Chief in America. Nice. It's, it's early enough days that it's not got a name yet. It's like YCH 175162. Yeah. <laughs> but like stuff like that. It's just really exciting so yeah. like, <laughs> hops, are, that. hops are the business sorry adam we've <laughs> sidetracked but i love hops yeah, so I much i could talk about hops all night to be honest <laughs> good well maybe, maybe that's the next series once we get through this fucking alphabet which is longer than i remember it uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> six episodes in fucking hell uh I've, I've pulled the last bit, so I'll let you guys pull the last one uh, as we get to the hour and a half part. Delirium, Fremen, strong, blonde beer, as we all know it, absolute beauty. Um, we always get one shout out to breweries that didn't quite make it to the to the lineup, and yes, you would feel a little bit gutted if the one week we ramped up to six, you didn't make it. But D again, if it was a normal week, we would have probably had some incredible wild card beers, which is what we normally do. We pick one each random. Um, my shout out, oh god, it's so hard. Do I go double barrel? Do I go duration? Uh, I'm, I'm gonna go duration. I think what duration are doing is fucking phenomenal. I think duration brewery are just amazing, absolutely amazing. And some of the collabs they've got coming up by the looks of it on Twitter with, with Elusive, with Daya, I think they'll be doing a whip beer with Daya, which fucking I'll just get in my belly. Uh, it will be amazing, but. Yeah, duration is great. I cannot wait to get down there. Uh, Liam, you got a shout out? Uh, not really, mate. I didn't prepare for this part of the episode. I've completely okay. forgot about it's it, to be honest. It's a bit we do every week, mate, but uh, it's fine. Yeah, fine. you know what I'm like, mate. I don't really prepare, so... Fine, sorry. Uh, yeah, sorry, you go, mate. You're right, okay. Um, well, you mentioned double barrels, so I'll save those. You can have those if you want them. Um, I'll put I'll, <laughs> a traditional, I'll go back in time a little bit, Darkstar, um, who are, I think now owned by Fuller's, aren't they? But when they were separate, one of my early memories of a hoppy beer would be Hophead from Darkstar. Um, again, maybe I haven't really seen much of their stuff recently, but I like giving a shout out to the traditional brewers in this section. So I'll go for them this week. Uh, if if I could if I could mention a D that's not been mentioned, I'd say Demolin, one of my favourite breweries of all time. Um, like got me into beer on like another level. Uh, their Imperial Stouts, Barrel Age Barley Wines, um, 
smoked porters, like untouchable. Like we we try and make stouts that taste like that, and we love our stouts, but they don't taste like Demolin stouts. And we did a collaboration with them, and it was the best thing that's ever happened in my life so far. It was wonderful, um, but like still, I, how do they get their beers to taste like that? So the masters of of dark beer. It's just liquid happiness. It's incredible. It's just, it's just great. Well, I'm not, I'm not getting another shout out. I'm not trying to cheat the system, but a beer we should have drank tonight that we can't quite fit in. It, it, is, it says on the pond. It's the pond. It's the beer. Oh. I mean, fucking hell. Like, what, yeah, what a beer. I'm not sure why we're not drinking it tonight, but we were obviously going down the pale route and the blonde route for, for a reason, but holy hell. <laughs> like, that's what a beer. What a beer. That is the beer. Liam. Yeah, just move on from me, mate. I've just got half my beer. <laughs> you can always get Saison de Pond in the Maltings, by the way. Yes, you can. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, for whatever reason, Sean always seems to have at least a couple of different vintages in the fridge. Yeah. No, he's, he's great. Absolutely great. Fair enough, Liam. You, you, you've let us You've let us just... No, sure, none. Done. Okay. No, mate, no, nothing. I'm just going to keep it all for next episode. So, I'll Good. go for a double one next one. Can't wait for it to be fucking X, as always. Uh, <laughs> last beer, then, Delirium. Uh, I'm sure another beer we've all drank several bottles and pints of, whether we've been in Belgium or, or, or in the UK, um, and several versions of Delirium, that fucking elephant that causes us. It's not quite the elephant in the room, but it's the elephant that causes a lot of a problem in a lot of rooms. Um, <laughs> experiences of drinking this beer, guys. Um, yeah, I've actually had this one, but so I can say that. But yeah, I, when I looked at when I checked in, it was in Dovetail in London. So um, don't know, like if you guys ever come down my way, um, I'm sure we can do a trip to Dovetail, which is like the most amazing Belgian brewery, like all Belgian beer bar you're ever going to find just tucked away off Farringdon so it's so quiet um and they'll bring out little trays of third pints um and yeah you can just while away the day there so yeah um just reacquainting myself but again I'm, I'm not going to talk about the beer because I'm surrounded by more experts than I am but it tastes lovely to me can you can you show me them experts who's <laughs> 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 yeah. in your room that i can't see <laughs> they burn man yeah. <laughs> come then delirium, delirium. Um, I, I remember being <laughs> remember being in the house of trembling madness drinking that beer and someone told me that that meant uh, delirium tremens meant trembling madness and i was like i am so drunk i don't believe you uh, <laughs> that was uh that was my first exposure to it i think but um if you sat in the the weird room in stonegate madness that you know the one the one with the table with the spiders and the weird shit yeah. they got the they got the delirium tremens sold here sign um i was sort of it's one of those beers that's like by virtue of its of its bottle and the branding is kind of mythical in status. It just it just looks the part, doesn't it? And I actually I actually think that it's um, not even close to as good as Develop for the style. Um, it's a it's a lot easier to drink, and 
to is a there's a little less there's 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 less to enjoy but it's like a bit i don't know i, don't, I can't quite put my words in order to describe how i feel about it but it's a beer that i've always enjoyed drinking but it's not a beer that i've always been like excited about whereas devel has got like a special a special place for me i think so um but yeah like you say that pink element of of hangovers is just always looming isn't it yeah i i agree a, a nice beer again doesn't doesn't drink anything close to 8.5 no Liam? yeah uh can i romanticize about belgium for a little bit longer or was that, is that, we, are we done for that now? <laughs> just to let that um, um, no, so this is, yeah, it's a great bit. It's like Cam said, it's just iconic. The the bottle, the label, it's just everything about it. You just know what it is. Um, it's actually one of the only beers my other half she drinks. She's not a beer drinker, but she absolutely loves delirium. And I don't understand why. Um, not that it's not, not saying it's a really bad beer, but she doesn't drink beer at all, but she absolutely loves delirium. And we went to Bruges and she drank two bottles of it and had to go to sleep for a few hours. Um but it's just a great beer and i completely know what cam says it's it's just an iconic belgian beer um, next to duvel as well it's just it's great if i had to choose between the two i'd go for duvel just because it's just so easy drinking um but it just has that strong belgian taste it's it's just great i'm gonna stop there perfect <laughs> you're gonna stop there but you really don't want to is, is what you're saying. Also, I don't want to, but I'm wary of time. <laughs> is there a, is there a time constraint on this? Are we like a half past finish? The, the the only time constraint is the listeners' time constraint. Like we, we can sit chatting and drinking. <laughs> I'm sure maybe people. Drink. I, I, I will cut off the recording at some point, but the, there is no time constraint on the drinking of the beer. Most um, people will stop listening by now, so it's fine. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yes, uh, let me, if I could just interject. Yes. At this point, guess who hasn't stopped listening? You'll never guess. It's your grandchildren listening to this in 50 years' time. <laughs> <laughs> that was so deep. That was so deep. Wow. The internet lives forever. You can wow. delete this, but it cannot be deleted because <laughs> the internet is a mysterious place. And it's one day, your mind. grandchildren will listen to this and go, <laughs> yeah. This might be a, like a throwaway thing to, you know, like you say, some, some drinkers might be like, well, no, I've listened to these guys waffle on for at least 45 minutes of my commute and now I'm turning it off. But your great grandchildren, even beyond that, decades, centuries into the future, yeah. this is the this is the blossoming point of the Internet as we know it. And uh, it's the furthest back they can go and get regular access to their family tree. And even me saying this now is going to be heard by your grandchildren, your grandchildren, your grandchildren, Adam, Simon and Liam. And <laughs> one day they're going to look at me saying this and go, oh, my God, I feel seen. There is a God. Wow. There you go. <laughs> that was... I, I mean, wasn't expecting this podcast to go that way, but there we are. How can you follow that, really? <laughs> the, the only way of stopping it is not publishing this last hour and a half. It's just, it's us. It's for us and us only is what happened in the last 90 minutes. But uh, holy hell, where do you go from that? I think where you go from that is 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 we try and start-ish. 
wrapping it up. I, mm-hmm. I, I think there's so many topics we could have talked about. We'll let, we'll save them for the next one when we've not got six beers to talk about with. You know, since literally the last time we spoke, Cloudwater have gone into supermarkets. We've got Vault City and Super. We've got several beery things have happened in the last literally 15 days since we last recorded. It's absolutely unbelievable. Um, I'd love to get your your two minutes on that, Cam, in terms of a brewery and like supermarkets. that. Yeah, um, I well, it's, it's tricky. We, we sold beer to Sainsbury's in February this year, January, February this year, um, as like a 12-week listing. Um, and we were thrilled to bits with it because it was like peak lockdown, peak people not buying beer on the internet. It was like, holy shit, our brewery needs to survive. Sainsbury's rang up cool <laughs> let's make beer and uh we didn't really get any shit for it it was all cool and I, I think i think the world has changed since like four years ago when like it was like oh no you can get high wire grapefruit in asda like <laughs> <laughs> i think we live in a more mature beer market where there are 2000 something breweries in the uk now and um for the breweries to keep growing at the rate that people expect them to and for them to be sustainable, producing the beers that they want at the scale, supermarkets need to take breweries on in a way that's sustainable. And from what I'm seeing as a person sort of behind the curtain, early signs of that adoption process have been quite encouraging. So sort of like 10 years ago, you might see a lot of breweries selling their souls to the devil and selling beer to supermarkets for 50 or 60 beer can, making some dross and like people sort of getting duped into like, oh yeah, this is craft beer. What I'm seeing now is that people like breweries are selling beer to supermarkets at more than or equivalent to what their trade price would be. Like we we give a decent discount to like someone who buys a pallet of beer, like 18 cans mm. or a thousand cans. Like a supermarket, they don't get much more than that, really. Like <laughs> um, so it's it's not like a, we're not selling our beer for half price. It's like a, the supermarkets are like, well, this is a this is a thing that we want to be a part of. Yep. And they've realized to the betterment of craft beer, they've realized that. The way to do that is not a race to the bottom on price. It's a race to the top on quality. And yeah. I'm really glad that supermarkets have recognised it. I wish they'd recognised it with a refrigerated beer aisle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I'm glad that it's now supermarkets are competing on who can get the coolest brewery, not who yeah. can get the cheapest, most yeah. possibly yeah. well-sellable beer. So, like, you yeah. can get a bottle of um, Omnipolo, Noah, Aeon, whatever they're calling it these days, in Morrison's. Yep. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Like, yeah. you can get um, two different four packs of Cloudwater in Tesco. You can get, you can go into Sainsbury's and you can, like, in our current range, you can get a beer from us, Brew York, Siren, Brew by Numbers. Like, mm. that's cool. I, I like that. And it's, yeah. it's not like we've changed our business to suit supermarkets. We've just like made one batch of beer and sold it to a supermarket and we've made it yeah. in the same way that we've made every single batch of beer we've ever made, which is yeah. if it's shit, it goes down the drain. If it's good, like you guys can have it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and like if it, you know what I mean? Like there's no compromise. There's no there's no reason to compromise because like 
<laughs> organically with us selling to supermarkets, um, we listed our beer at £3.90 on our website. And hmm. before we put it on there, like Sainsbury's had put it in their store at £4 a can, which is the most um, Sainsbury's have ever sold a can of beer for, um, which we were like kind of really, <laughs> really proud of. It's <laughs> like, well, we didn't back down. It was like, well, we've, we've said no to supermarkets before because the price and the volume don't match what our size of the business is. Yeah. But like, yeah. if someone like Vault City gets approached by a supermarket and it makes sense for them, then fucking great. Like, yeah. um, I'm all for it. Because Absolutely. supermarkets are just shops owned by billionaires, really. Right? <laughs> <laughs> the, the, like, what are supermarkets? If if they're buying in full volume for their 2,500 stores and that's your sole thing, then maybe a different story. But I think I think of a brewery like Vocations probably proved that wrong. You can mm-hmm. do the volume and you can have the quality and, yeah. and you can have the price. You can have all three. Like, um, Yeah. Honestly, I, it's great like, to hear that. I think, <laughs> I, I think that's so refreshing. I agree, like completely. I think there's been a lot of stuff on Twitter, as we've seen. Um, you know, I've got in arguments before on Twitter about how I think there are certain people in the craft beer bubble who want it to remain a clique, like a little bit of a clique. Um, personally, I want more people, as many people as possible, to enjoy craft beer. And I think there are people out there who want it to remain, oh, I just want us, our little 2% of the market, you know. Um, I think it's great if you get 60-year-olds or women going in and buying Disco King or whatever it is from the local Zoom. That's great. Like, I don't get why people are opposed to craft beer going to supermarkets. Like, there's Mm. always going to be, like, I think I read a post on online about if Cloudwater going to the supermarkets that means there might be more space for a, a new craft brewery to go into the bottle shops and it's just almost like evolution it just goes through so maybe cloud water will they'll move well, up to the supermarkets there'll be another great brewery will come through like i mean to, to clarify my position on that like i'm not saying that from the position of someone that wants to sell our beer to supermarkets that's not what i that's not what we're trying to do we're not like going please sell our beer. And so we've been approached about it a number of times. Yeah. We've said no this time and this time, and yes, this time. We'll probably mm-hmm. say no the next time, the next time. Yeah. After yeah. Like, it's not our business model. We're not trying to get rich. We're trying to make beer. We're trying to make beer yeah. that we like, and we're trying to grow at a, a pace that's sustainable. And if someone yeah. rang us up tomorrow and said, we'll pay you um, the same price you're selling Disco King at to the Crooked Tap, but we're buying a million cans, We'd say no, because like we don't want to we can't scale up our brewery fast enough and we don't want to. Like that's not what we're about. Like so like supermarkets are a to me it's like it's it's good for the customer, it's good for the brewer by the sounds of things in most cases. And I, I would I would say as well, when when it's not good for the brewer, it's pretty obvious because at that point it's not good for the customer either. And you can taste that in the beer. We've all had beer mm. that like looks the part, but doesn't taste its price, or it doesn't it doesn't? It's, yeah, it's quite a tricky question, I guess. Yeah, but um, yeah, I, I could go on about this forever. Like our 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 aim is not to sell mm. cans of Disco King a year. Our aim is to like make the best beer we can, and for it to make people 
enjoy it. <laughs> like, that's it. Like we haven't got any. There's nothing cynical behind it. If Sainsbury's ring us up and go, yeah, let's do this, then we go, yeah, probably. <laughs> Why wouldn't you? Yeah, exactly. Like, there's no real strategy behind it. I think that freaks people out when I tell them that like our business plan is like to not have a business plan. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, many, many great businesses have been founded on that. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I would just say all those people out there who you know say whatever they want on twitter just put, like put yourself in the shoes of the brewery like and yeah. you know you don't understand what they might be going through or what their desires are so although, i'd also say simon that they are the vocal minority mm, yeah like the, pe- the people that um that have like the loudest voice are the ones with the most followers because they have the loudest voice but yeah. the people that like have thoughts and don't put them on the internet kind of make up the majority of what people think and (laughs) as as much as i tune into like beer twitter i don't really um i don't really join in with it personally or as a business because um you know on on social media i don't don't let the brewery get political with like Mm. supermarkets Mm. or ab in bev or heineken or beer hawk or whatever Mm -hmm. like beer's beer and and like however people get it cool um yeah yeah agree <laughs> cheers to that yeah I just, I, i'm not going to add any weight on that except the cloud or tesco beers shit other than that we're uh we're gonna leave it there <laughs> See, no, <I'm> <laughs> <laughs> oh man i haven't tried them yet but i will i'll still try them uh, do you know what we'll, we'll talk about it next week I'm sure in a lot more detail I think the taste is there but it for, for what it's worth it is not a fucking cloud water beer I'm sorry but it just mm-hmm. isn't it just isn't well yeah. if, if I could just just give you give the podcast another 70 seconds of uh, content oh, and another no, a half megabyte of listening time uh, it'd be good for your analytics in the long run I promise you because your grand, <laughs> great grandchildren will grand, great grandchildren yeah, yeah. but there um, we go. yeah come on when we brewed uh chip hazard at brew dog uh that flops like fuck. like yeah. we uh yeah. we made our dream beer on a much bigger scale than we could have ever possibly comprehended at the time and people really hated it and it was the saddest thing that's ever happened but uh <laughs> but we yeah you know it's not always the grass isn't always greener like and i would say that we we we've learned a valuable lesson from that and praise to brew dog like fucking hell thanks for having us up for an amazing weekend and like thanks for everything that brewdog has done to like support our brewery in its first few years but people didn't like that beer Mm. because it wasn't true to what we made even though i made the recipe for the scaled up brew and i did the brew day for the scaled up brew like no matter what it just it it changed like their process was different and it was cleaner it wasn't it wasn't the same beer but like meh I think our, our rule from that is like it the only person the only people that make our beer is us yeah no exceptions for the rest of time yeah and if if my yeah. great 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 grandchildren are watching this drinking oh. disc that's been contract go. brewed at <laughs> shepherd neem then I'm, <laughs> then i'm truly sorry but i very much doubt that will happen <laughs> <laughs> 
something to look back on in 70 years. Um, I'm really sorry to bring space travel into this, guys. I'm terrible. I baffled my mind, honestly. <laughs> let's um, uh, let's let's swiftly bring this on to, to ranking the six beers. I will spin the wheel, see where we go in a fortnight's time, and I will uh, wrap this wrap this shit show up. <laughs> so, uh, do you know what? I never kick off, so I'm going to kick off actually because uh, I, I, I can see you guys are stressing over your choices. So, one to six. Um, really difficult. Oh, it's it really is. difficult, actually. It's hard. It's, it's, it's hard. Uh, do you know what? I'm not, I'm not even going to do that. I'm going to go... We're not going to do 1-6. I'm yeah. going to go, would I prefer the 3 UK or the 3 Belgian? And that is it. I'm just going to go UK versus Belgian. That's what we build it as. Um, I'd rather drink the 3 British beers tomorrow. 100%. I just, I just would. So that's that's me. Simon? Uh, I'm surprised in a way you said that. But yeah, obviously, I agree. Like, as I've said throughout, hoppy beers are what I love. So I'll go for that. And obviously patriotic as well you've got to go for the british beers haven't you so yeah same oh liam oh, oh. <laughs> can you see how torn i am can you see <laughs> it's as my bruzot is my favorite beer and it always will be my favorite beer but if i'm choosing between these three beers i'm gonna to have to go uk oh just, just what i if i had if i had to drink three beers Based on this, I'd have to get UK just because they're all round. They're just solid beers, and I could drink them all the time. And there's, there's part of you, there's part of you holding on to that ex girlfriend, but you're looking at the future. It's, it's, it's my, my, my heart is bleeding. My heart is hurting. I can feel Belgium is just call, Belgium's just calling me. Actually, they're just uh, they're just <laughs> but, um, no. I'm, yeah, UK for me. It's, it's an impossible pick, man. It really is. But. Uh, <sighs> Belgian beers have got more nostalgia for me. I, like, I can taste those beers. Like, I drink them now, and I'm reminded of that first couple of times I was hammered in the Maltins, and like I didn't really know what beer it was, <laughs> and I was just exploring that Belgian shelf of like Leffer and Lef, like the brown Leffer and like yeah, yeah. Um, Quack and all that stuff. Like <laughs> Orval, like Orval, um, the champagne of beers. And <laughs> so many good beers, but where where is my heart? Where is my pride? Where is my loyalty? And I'm going to say, Adam pointing to yeah, I, I love those beers, the Belgian, and they you know carve me a path. But nah, gotta stick it to the stick it to the mainland. Good, good. All, all good beers. That, that's, it's a good episode. Very, I mean, we're fucking nearly two hours in. I'm going to spin this fucking wheel see where we go. Hopefully, it's a less common letter than a... On, than, just for, for your reference, Cam, this is Simon and Liam's favourite part of the evening. Oh, it's not episode. just A, B, C, D. I thought we are on the fourth episode. Oh, God, no. We, we spin a random wheel at the end of each episode see where we're going. Shit. Yeah, yeah that's why we had Y last time. It's all over the fucking place. is what this podcast is. Uh, right, we're spinning. We're going. Come on. I love it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> oh, it's the noise. It's the noise of the. Whole I love it. Thing. I love it. The noise is just brilliant. Uh, the letter T, gents. Ooh, okay. Hello. Can't wait to get a bit of Thornbridge Jag Fair yeah. on cast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. What are we think straight off the bat? 
what would you head on to? We always just straight off the bat, what, what are we thinking? I mean, turning point of coming back. <laughs> <Woo-hoo>. <laughs> I, forgot, I forgot about turning point. <laughs> Hey, I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm more than up for that. <laughs> Turning point track, Thornbridge, done. Is it? Done. I could probably speak to the guys at Thornbridge and get someone in if you want to do oh, that. Oh, yeah, that would be amazing. That would be amazing. Yes, get them on. How, how, yeah. how are your Trillium connections? <laughs> <laughs> Loose. I could, I, could, I could probably swing other half, but certainly not Trillium. Do you know what, gents? I mean, it's going to be another sixer, isn't it? We're talking Timmermans, we're talking Tiny Rebel, we're talking so There's many so things. There's so many beers going through. We can touch here. Timmermans, oh, I could share. Yeah. What a beer. What um, a brewery. Oh, fucking hell. This a great skin. Great skin tonight. <laughs> it's going to be new normal. We're going to do Tegansy to start on the lager. Like, oh, God. Turning point disc. I can't. I can't even think about it. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. Teganzi, uh, Thornbridge, Tiny Rebel, two all, track. Turning <sighs> point. Ah, oh, what a lineup! <laughs> Not even mentioned Tor side, who I'd love to drink. Like, ah. <laughs> I'm just hit my hat off. That's how fucking not fucking anxious I am. Anyway, we've got a big episode coming up, is, is basically the, the long and short of this. We will talk about it in the chat. Cam, we would love to have you back if it is tea and turning point, if you want to come back in a couple of weeks. I'd absolutely love that. I will do it as long as I can address your great-grandchildren directly. <laughs> that's, the, that's the only reason we're getting you back. <laughs> I'd love to. Like I've literally nothing better to do in my life. This is what I do. <laughs> Good stuff. Well, um, enjoyed the episode. An hour and 45 in. Thank you, anyone who is still listening at this point and really excited for the next episode. Please follow, please subscribe, please do all that kind of stuff. Please get out and support your bottle shops and please get out and support your pubs in the next couple of weeks if you can. Cam, as as the kind of sales pitch, when when are you open and what can people do to pick up your beers? Um, Come to the Turning Point Tap Room. You'll have to book online for the first four weeks, the last four weeks where the COVID virus exists. After that, it's gone. Um, 20th May, you could see Adam Graver, the man, the myth, the legend, in the flesh of the tap room. But you can't hug him, you can't touch him, you can only look at him from your seat. Um, you don't want to yourselves you in at turningpointbrewco.com forward slash tap room. Um, you can come and do that. And But if you want to leave it a week so that Adam's not there, we're, we've got a couple of tables left the second weekend. The I'm there on the Saturday as well. I'm there on the Saturday as well. <laughs> there on the Saturday as well. You heard it here first. It'll Even be empty. Beyond that, maybe sometime in June, four, four weekends later. I've blocked my bookings. Get your train to Nairsborough and you can walk up to the bar. You can order a pint of beer at the bar. We'll put it on the bar and it's yours. It's in your hand. You can even get a pa- packet of crisps. Probably get a oh. piece. It's going to be wonderful. Um, I'd also say if we could give a plug to our subscription box. Uh, I don't know if you guys are members of that. Probably not. Maybe sometimes. But uh, we do six beers a month. Um, you'll never miss a new Turning Point beer ever again for the rest <laughs> of your life. £20 a month plus shipping, uh, free shipping. Well, free collection. Um, but you'll never miss a beer again. Um, it's absolutely worth your while because like everything we do, the Imperial Stouts, the Barrel Age beers, they're all in there. If it's a seven pound, eight pound can of beer, you're still getting it in your six for 20 quid. So whatever. Oh, I'll just um, take six Disco Kings, to be honest. 
and you get you get a disco king every month and then five i'll take six of them so uh, <laughs> uh and yeah that's basically it I, I don't want to plug too much because i've done a lot of that already so uh oh don't worry adam plugs his other podcast about three or four times an episode so uh, <laughs> like, we're just we're just happy for anyone that drinks our beer like don't have to do anything just just keep doing what you're doing because it makes uh, it gives my life purpose and i'm very grateful for it absolutely if, if you enjoyed this episode and you want to say me and Cam pontificate over Bruce Springsteen for about 20 minutes, head to time for a brew. Search for the for episode and we chat with Bruce Springsteen for a fair amount of time. Uh, enjoyed that one, gents. I, I, I'm glad we had six beers. It was good fun. Um, got a bit of planning to do for the next couple of weeks, but we'll get an episode out and uh, see you very soon. Cheers. Cheers, guys. Cheers. <laughs>